Catching Up with Jamie Crick. Hello, we've once again been scouring the theatre world, rifling through the props, listening at dressing room doors, and generally getting the inside track on your theatre week. As ever, the gang are all here, star of stage, theatre, songwriter, walks old people across the street, Carrie Ellis. Hello, hello. It's wonderful to be here as always, and we have a very, very special guest here with us today. He's my dear friend. He's a wonderful talent. We've got the gorgeous Ben Forster. Hi, Ben. Oh, hello. <laughs> so we'll find out what it's like to be the man behind the mask. Oh, yes, he will. A bit later. Uh, meanwhile, he's been off investigating the backstage people who make theatre work, and this time talking to a PR expert. Indeed, the fabulous Flavia Fraser-Cannon from Mobius. She talked to me a little bit about her role and uh, find out more about that later. Johnny Bunyan reporting as ever from what goes on backstage. So, hello. How was the week? Hello. Well, it's been a busy week. I mean, those of you that follow me on social media will know I had a little frustrating flight <laughs> oh, right. to the studios this morning. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm still on tour with the wonderful Calabro and we've been up in Scotland and it's been great. We've had wonderful audiences and it's been so much fun. Actually, I've been up to Scotland a lot this week, back and forth. Did a big concert up there as well that was an independent thing. Anyway, so I've been on the flights a lot. Fabulous, fabulous. And, 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 you know, a lot of people fly into this show, as we know, from <laughs> LA, Indeed. Oscars and that sort of stuff. But you flew in from Aberdeen. <laughs> I, mean, I was at Aberdeen last week, so we're doing Scots Pride, <laughs> aren't we? Really yeah, shall, <laughs> I go, shall I go to, I don't know, Glasgow? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fly and um, Ben Foster, thank you very much for, oh. for joining us. Thanks for having me. For it's this. lovely to be here. I just got the tube. Was, uh, right. yeah, it was, was really far boring. less glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and before we talk to Ben, let's hear about his career so far. Sunderland-born Ben Forster has performed across the world, debuting in the West End in a lavish production of La Cava while still at the Italia Conti School. Roles in Greece and Thriller Live followed before in 2012 Ben won the ITV competition Superstar and became a West End star in Jesus Christ Superstar. He played McGaldy in the Dominion Theatre production of Evita and also played Buddy in Elf at the same venue. Taking on the role of the Phantom, he was there for the 30th anniversary and is the man behind the mask. A songwriter's recorded his own albums. He's sometimes been described as the real Billy Elliot after winning a scholarship to Italia Conti School aged 16. A man of stunningly good taste, he grew up loving the music of Motown, which is, of course, as it should be. So, Ben, it's lovely to have you here. What have you been up to? What's going on in your world? What you-, you know what? It's been quite a nice start to the year, actually. I started it with you in yes. Japan. Going to Japan to do that amazing concert that we did and also to do uh, my solo show there which still sort of blows my mind. I still sort of get off the plane in Tokyo and think, how and why and how can it be that I'm here? It's so different, isn't it? I mean, I'd never been before, and and you've obviously been there a few times, and it's like nowhere else. It's like performing, you know, we've both performed all around the world, but there's something special about Tokyo, and it's a different fan base. And I think it's the people. I mean, first of all, it's beautiful and it's clean and it feels lovely yeah. uh, as a big city all the cars are shiny and the buses and the taxis no one's got a dirty car which i think is amazing it's the first <laughs> thing i noticed i was like oh, where was like how does everyone clean their cars anymore yeah it doesn't happen in in london but i think it's the people and just their culture and how gorgeous and polite and 
and wonderful they are, even as an audience, you know. Mm. So let's go back to Sunderland. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Which is similar to Tokyo, obviously. Mm, <laughs> very. In so many ways. And, yeah. of course, that's where you were born, grew up, and you became the Billy Elliot. The uh, real life Yeah, one. go on, tell us about it. Well, I mean, it, it kind of... You know what? My life really does bear massive, like, similarities with that movie. I remember watching the movie with my mum and dad, and... My mum turned around after and we were all like crying. And uh, she was like, I feel like someone's overheard your story on a train and just written your life down. Apart from the fact that my mum was alive and his was dead. All the scenes in that film happened to me. It's really weird watching that film. And in the same back lens and the same house. And, you know, uh, it's exactly my life story, really. It's bizarre. And I've definitely had that sort of Billy Elliot moment as well, you know, when my dad first watched me and my mum and dad first watched me in mm. my first West End show and, you know, when I came to do my audition at drama school and the headmistress was awful to me in my audition, um, the meeting with my mum and dad, she said, you have to lose your accent, you have to change, that'll have to go and I was like, thinking, oh God, but I got a scholarship still, so that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, she was testing so, you. I mean, growing up in Sunderland was, a, was also a weird time. The 80s, Growing up early 90s as a sort of a teenager in Sunderland was weird as well. I was the only boy that would want to be on stage and sing and dance. I had a really amazing singing te- uh, music teacher at school, at my comprehensive school, which was a massive comprehensive school. I think 1,700 kids. But she just honed my need and desire to sing and learn. And she spent hours... At, Every day after school, I was there until five o'clock, uh, working stuff, singing things. And it's people like her, it's teachers like them that sort of get us to where we want to be. She said, this is the National Youth Music Theatre. You should audition and you should go and do that. This is a London college. You should go and do that. You know, And the same in the Billy Elliot movie. He had his dance teacher doing that. But for me, it was a music teacher. He's acting up your Theatre Week with Jamie Crick, Kerry Ellis, Johnny Bunyan, Ben Forster is our guest. Don't forget, if you want to subscribe, you can. And give us five stars and review as well. And get in touch. Hello at actinguppods.com. So, Ben, you're with us and this is very exciting because it's always nice for me when it's somebody that um, I've worked with and, and we tread in the same boards, we yeah. do similar things. And you started out in theatre and, and I think some people that perhaps don't know your life pre the TV show, you actually did a lot of theatre, didn't you? You did Thrill Alive, you did Grease. Did, yeah. And then do you think that the, you know, the television programme changed it a lot or do you think because you already had all that training and you'd done shows before that you were kind of it was almost that platform that you were then ready to take off and and take elsewhere if i'm really honest which i probably shouldn't be um (laughs) i I think that i think it was really getting difficult i'd done i opened in my first west end show when i was 18 and then got to 30 and had been the lead in Thrill Alive, the original cast of Thrill Alive, singing these amazing songs for like two years I was in that show and then I just couldn't get seen for anything. I was like, I can't get in for Phantom and I can't get in for Lemmy's. And why was that happening, do you think? I don't know. I just wasn't on the radar of all those big casting directors. I think they didn't really care that I was in Thriller. didn't really matter. And it just felt like a closed door and I was about to retire, actually. I was about to sort of said you know what I've done it for a long time I was happy Mm. I'd started off another sort of profession in my private life and I was like I'm ready to 
do something else. Do something else and move on. I felt achieved. I felt accomplished. I mean, I was going to do my last month in Thriller and then the Jesus Christ Superstar audition cropped up and and I went for that. And it's 100% changed everything. I mean, it might be shallow and it might be for the wrong reasons but I do get seen I do get offers you know I mean I've never been offered a job in my life not having to audition and Mm. for there was a period of time where I was getting offers and I still kind of get offers that's a lovely thing to just get offered a job and think oh do I want to do that or not you know but of course, I still have to audition for all the big ones. <laughs> but what's so lovely about the TV show is that that actually it's, as Kerry said, you've had that grinding in theatre. You knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah. But it's it's fascinating to think that actually, even though you were leading the West End show, you still needed potentially that that profile in order yeah, to the, to walk into other. There auditions. was definitely the group of sort of boys that I just wasn't in. But they all got the, the role. Everyone, I mean, it was always just like, you know, Ramin, Oliver Thompson, mm. Michael Xavier, people who are my dear friends, and I love them all, and I love them all, but I just wasn't in that group of leading men. And, and now look at you. Now I am, darling. <laughs> now he's leading the way. <laughs> just to, just to talk to us about um, being in Phantom as well, cause, mm. um, and actually in playing Jesus. I mean, the two really yeah. big, strong male roles. Yeah. And vocally, of course, playing, playing Jesus gets so many and things... Actually, like, vocally, completely different, though. Yeah, it was, very different. It was quite a weird thing because I've always had a really versatile voice. And actually, there was a whole period in my life where I wanted to be a singer-songwriter. And I think because I've got too much of a versatile voice, my voice just doesn't really fit in any particular style. I can do every style. But when I was doing Jesus Christ Superstar, I was using a real rock voice. And through that whole TV talent show I was showcasing a a rock and pop sound and I loved doing that I mean it was honestly the highlight of my life standing in front of you know 25,000 people in an arena and singing Gethsemane and getting a standing ovation mid-show and that is everything we could ever want and rightly as so. a performer I w- I watched it was- him do it in japan you know we three or four times in a row and it, it's mind-blowing mm. it if is, you haven't it, seen him do it yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely <laughs> go it see is, him. Yeah, bless yeah, you thank yeah, you yeah, we're all, it's, um, it's the big ben foster moment <laughs> <laughs> and uh after jesus christ superstar i did evita and i played magaldi and andrew saw andrew lloyd webber saw me sing magaldi and magaldi has got a song on, on this night of a thousand stars which is quite mm. a legit operatic sound he's playing this sort of operatic singer you know in in Argentina and and it was the first time Andrew had heard that legit sound so he came up to me at the after party of the opening night of Evita and was like you're a phantom I didn't know but you're a phantom and I was like what? That's what, that's what uh, you want to hear, isn't it? And he said, can, you, can you sign this, please? No, he literally... He li- can I have that in writing? <laughs> he literally said, can you come to my house on Tuesday and let's sing it? And I was right. like, oh, my. And have you considered that role before? Like, Had that been on your list of things thinking? Like, yes, because I knew that I could sing it, but no one else did, and I'd never really had the opportunity to sing Amazing. that style. When I, was, I think when I was 18 or 19, I was offered like cover Marius and I think it would have been a different route if I'd have took that I didn't take it actually I didn't accept the job (laughs) because I didn't want to be an understudy hilarious (laughs) because I'd already done it for a year I was up my own arse um uh can I say arse on here I don't know okay sorry (laughs) um uh yeah but I always wonder that if you took different journeys where would you be it's a bizarre thing isn't it so basically I, I went to Andrew's house which was hysterical. I mean, I love <laughs> him and I love his family and we've become friends and I've since been to like the house in Barbados and stuff. But 
walking to his house through Green Park, I was oh like, my God. where oh my am I going? Yes. How am I walking? I only here? have to go and see <laughs> Phantom here. And for Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Did he play for you? Uh, he played yeah. for me, yeah. And wow. then he got, there was someone else there to play, but he did play, he got on the piano and was like, let's do it. Let's take our time, think this, think that, do it from your heart and all that kind of stuff. And after that session, he said, right, let's get in the room with Cameron. So I went and um, sang through the material for Cameron, which was a complete disaster. Oh, I, why? I completely why? lost my voice. So I never thought that I was going to get that that role. It, it's, it's a weird thing. So I, I, I was doing Elf at the same time. Mm. I'd done Elf for a year before, I think, if I'm not wrong. And they'd asked me to do it again, and it was on hold because I knew I might be doing Phantom. And I went and did this final audition for Cameron on stage at the Her Majesty's Theatre. On Theater. stage? on stage and I had a Christine there and it was all like I just threw me in the deep end but so they gave me a half an hour session to work before Cameron arrived and in that session I just blew it I, oh, I literally there's that moment where you think am I gonna, gonna get this uh, right? hard, like just like five minutes before I was like <clears throat> you a curse <clears throat> you a curse curse I was like I've got oh, no voice no. and the music I could see everyone's faces oh, sinking God. And they're going, Cameron's coming. Yeah, <laughs> and and the musical director came to me and said, do you need to take a break? Do you want to have a cup of tea? And I was like, I, can someone just <laughs> can go and get... Can someone get my voice back? I was like, <laughs> can someone just get me tea and can I have 10 minutes? I was like, I need 10 minutes. And I went on stage and I sang and it was awful. Oh. I mean, I was, I was awful, it honestly. It that bad, though. So it, you got it, the role. I mean, it's weird. I really felt awful. Uh, and I walked out of there and I rang my, my manager and I said, take Elf. They'd been threatening me that they were going to give it to Will Young. The producer was like, if you don't answer me today, I'm giving it to Will Young. <laughs> and so I was like, do you know what? Let's not mess around anymore. I'm not going to get Phantom. That was awful. Just accept Elf. And then they rang, like, half, like literally within half an hour, saying, yeah, we want you to do it. And I was like, and then my manager was like, I've just said yes to Elf. And I was oh, like, oh, my dear. God. So then there was a whole drama. Oh, bad. And they had to get John Owen Jones to step in for three months for me in Phantom while I was doing oh, Elf because I'd said yes. Wow. Yeah. Now, let's do some quick-fire questions on acting up. Ben Forster is here. Uh, lots to talk about in your life. By the way, fascinating. We could have him here for hours. We could, <laughs> yeah. couldn't we? We should have three or four shows if you want. Uh, I knew you'd be great. I'm just a gossiper. <laughs> OK, quick-fire okay. round. Are you oh, ready? Oh, God, I hate these. I always feel the pressure. <laughs> OK, best role? Jesus. Worst disaster on stage? Splitting my trousers from crutch to bum. Uh, sing right before Gethsemane and standing with my white pants out the whole of Gethsemane with cross legs <laughs> on camera oh in front of 28,000 people in Sydney in the biggest arena we were doing and I was on a camera that was 70 foot wide a, a, a big screen that was 70 foot wide oh my goodness and came off and the gaffer taped me up brilliant love it the love it love gaffer it taped you up. Love it. what about your favourite song oh so hard oh you know what, there's something about music of the night, there is something about music of the night that is so classic and beautiful and just, I didn't know before I did the role how amazing that song was, and it's hard. Who do you admire the most? Admire? Mm. Oh, God, <laughs> so hard, I always yeah. never know. I really, really admire Michael Ball. I think his career has been amazing. Yeah. I love how varied it's been. I love that he's ventured into TV, that he's on radio, that he still produces music, yeah. that he's still touring. He works so hard yeah. and he's the nicest person you can meet. Role you'd most like to play? Uh, Vajon. 
at some Ooh, point. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah. yeah. What about a box set or night out with friends? Oh God. Well, I'm hungover today, so let's say box set. <laughs> but last night it would have been a night out with friends. I was going to ask you red or white, but last night it was G and T. It was G and T. Slim line, slim line. Pizza or salad? Pizza with some salad. <laughs> nice. What about what about your best fan gift? I've had a mulberry uh, wallet, which was gorgeous. Wow. Really? I've never had a mulberry I, wallet. I also, you know what I really love? I've got some gorgeous fans that buy me Jo Malone candles, oh. and I love my yeah. fans. Right. Do, you, when, do you get this? I've never had a mulberry purse. Do you know what? This is going to kick off now. That's it. I tell you. Yeah. Best co-star. Just, I'm just stroking Kerry Ellis now. She's in the room. I mean, Kerry Ellis is amazing. <laughs> she We've is amazing. We've never actually done a show together, have we? But you know what? The, the real uh, core star of mine that's turned into one of my best best friends is probably Mel C. Oh, because that's I did fair with, We shared something so big together. It was also a really big thing for her, and I feel like we're so in each other's lives. She has to be my leading lady. I think. Very good. Have you got a best review and a worst review, or a worst review that which stands out? Oh, like a one-star review at the O2 saying I was dead. <laughs> no, which like is the, I might as well be dead or something. It was awful. Awful. Oh, always read so them. Hard. Absolutely, hundred percent. Finish the show. Look online for them already. Like at the after party, looking at my phone, Do obsessed. You? Of course, I'm a I'm an insecure actor, and I just want to know what people think of me. Does it Does it then affect you? Yeah. <laughs> but does it affect your performance? Yeah. It does. Yeah, oh 100%. God. Yeah, well, it's awful. says you're dead. Being reviewed is hard. awful. It's awful. Uh, and also, I had a really awful one in Ireland from in Elf, and I thought Elf was so good, and the review was awful. Um, and But it always turns out that it's politics. It's yeah. always that. Mm. The reviewer... Uh, you know, hit the person that produced the show or wrote the show yeah. or something. It's, it's always, loaded. you know, it's always a loaded thing, yeah. I've had many lovely ones, though, so thank you to and all one, the reviewers. One last question. Magpies or black cats? Magpies. The oh, clever and that is a random question. They can talk. <laughs> well, it's not. I love magpies. But I knew that there would be no significance there. But I not, knew that. Not in football terms, because oh, I was... Oh, there we go, there we go. There we are, yes. And I'm a homosexual, and we don't usually talk about football, I know, so... I'm also homosexual, and I was a bit like, this is the second show Listen. in a row we've had sports shoe in. I can't Listen, believe it. They've taken love. over. What's not to love, Have we got a sports sponsor somewhere that didn't tell me about it? So I keep bringing up sport. No, it's amazing. Yeah, we are, <laughs> okay. Yay, ben Foster, thank you so that. much thank for joining us. Thank you. lovely having Ben Foster here. We could have talked to him for hours. Oh, he's such a joy. And if you want to catch him live, he's doing a one-off night special at Haymarket Theatre on the 23rd of June with himself and his band. And I tell you now, it's not a night to miss because mm. he's awesome. And you're doing a show there, aren't you? I am, I am. But at first, I'm very excited about it. I'm doing one at the Stables in two weeks on the 10th of March, which is uh, myself and uh, my MD, Craig Adams. And I can't wait. Where's the Stables? It's in Milton Keynes. Um, it's it's just outside of Milton Keynes. It's in a, a tiny little theatre, but I just love it there. Mm. Atmosphere's great. Can't wait. Yeah, great. Marvellous stuff. Let's look at some news this week. And, of course, the big thing that's looming on the near horizon is the What's On Stage mm. Awards happening at the Prince of Wales Theatre this week. They've become such an important part of the theatre year, haven't but they? They have. And I have to say, it's the only theatre award ceremony in the country that's voted for entirely by you, the listeners. And it's a really great event. It's a Celebrates 
all aspects of theatre, but in particular, of course, um, it's a very excitable thing because the audience get really involved really early on. They vote, they vote, they vote. Carrie, you must have obviously been nominated, been there, been in many shows that have. One. It has it. Ha- one. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Three. Um, I'm just going to put sorry, it Sorry, yeah, I should have named that. Um, <laughs> is it, is it, uh, it's a really important question, I suppose, but how does it feel having won, a, won, won an award like this when you know it's been voted for by the public? Oh, it's wonderful. It's it, I love the What's On Stage Awards, not only because I've been part of them in, in previous years, but because there's just a real support about them and the industry love them, the people love them, and essentially... You know, they are the people that you are playing to. So, you know, there's just an excitement and a buzz. And also, after you've won or been involved in the awards, the reaction at the show after that is it steps up a notch. And I think they're great. And, and I know this, you know, this evening will be amazing and, and mm. be electric. Mm. Well, we got to, I mean, best uh, new musical, Eugenius, Heather's, Hamilton, Tina. That's quite an interesting it's mix. and it is, completely it? different mm. mix as yeah. well. So it's going to be fascinating. It's Sunday, of course, we'll be telling you what happened and who won what next week. Joining us now on the line is theatre director extraordinaire Damien Sandys, who is the director of the upcoming What's the Stage Awards this Sunday. Damien, hello. Hello there. Um, it's so lovely to talk to you. It's a very exciting time. The lead up to the awards are always uh, pivotal in the theatre industry, especially the Watson Stage Awards. Tell us a bit about what your role entails and what is happening this Sunday. Well, I've worked on the Watson Stage Awards. This is my 11th one. I work on the show in two ways. One as associate director on the flow of the day. We create some performances, especially for the concert as well. And then I'm also production coordinator on it. So do a lot of logistical work and juggling things with Chris Fisher, our production manager. Damien, it's become a show that is uh, really important in the theatre year. And you've been doing it 11 years. Did you imagine it would get this big? No, it's been wonderful to see it sort of essentially grow up over the years. I joined in the second year of the concert and it's always been a really fun evening. It sort of had a lot of laughter associated with it and the odd irreverent moment, um, but at the same time being a real celebration of the theatre and the joy of it being that it is all voted for by the public. There's no interference from anywhere. What you mentioned there earlier about the the production manager aspect of your role as well, it must be quite logistically quite challenging to get all of these individual performers together because, of course, a lot of them are already performing in West End shows. I know Rachel Tucker is in Come From Away, which we had on a couple of weeks ago. How does it work, kind of pulling everyone together, and how much rehearsal do they get for the actual (laughs) concert? Uh, It is a hugely, hugely logistical thing that the process kind of starts very early on it's usually sort of around august september that we start planning moving into a bit of specifics about the evening nominations start in october shortlists happen uh, are announced in december and then everything really steps up again so my inbox just continually has about 25 messages every five minutes uh, on the What's On Stage Awards alone. It's a lot to organise, and but it's, it's a very exciting moment for everybody involved. Um, is there any any exciting scoops you can give us? Any surprise performances oh, or Jesus. anything I anything exclusive really you can give us? I could reveal some things. Who's performing? Um, because this year we've actually kept quite a lot secret. There's certain amounts that we've announced, uh, all of which are very exciting as well, such as we have the cast of Six, we have the cast of Spring Awakening, we have Carrie Hope Fletcher, 
we have Rachel Tucker, but then there are some hugely exciting things. Um, <laughs> what, come on, give us, give us one. Oh, Just one. Um, come on. Okay, the one thing I can tell you Ooh. is that our opening number is like nothing ever created before Ooh. in 11 years Ooh, wow. and probably our largest thing as well. And all I can say in relation to that is last year we had a gospel choir join our soloist, making a total number of about 44 last year. Wow. And this one is bigger. Bigger. Damien, good luck with the weekend. I hope it goes fantastically <laughs> well. Uh, and, and Thank you very And the much. emails stop coming into your inbox. <laughs> just quickly before you go, can you just list the uh, winners for us, please? <laughs> I don't actually know them. I wish I could. Um, I have been dying to find out. Brilliant. Damien, have a, have a great uh, show. We're looking forward to it. Thanks very much. So we're looking forward to that this weekend. What's on Stage Awards? Let's talk about social media. Um, this is a really interesting story, Johnny, that you found, uh, which um, I just I hadn't occurred to me would be such an important thing. But I know Kerry's got some strong views on it. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. It is a really interesting debate that's appeared. The stage of uh, set a poll. Nearly 90% of people responding to that poll think it's unfair to ask actors about social media during the casting process. Now, it follows criticisms from actors that are increasingly being asked how many Instagram or Twitter followers they have when attending auditions for West End shows, films, adverts, etc. It is a really interesting one because, as I say, uh, social media is such a big part of theatre. We've been talking about that a lot over the last couple of weeks. But, Kerry, obviously, we talked about this before we came on air. Mm. What's your thoughts on the (laughs) aspect of actually that being relevant as part of the casting process? Well, it is interesting because I've had many chats about this with my management. And when when you're talking about record sales and, and selling tickets for... For concerts and um, you know when I'm doing my independent stuff, it's amazing how the amount of followers doesn't always turn into ticket sales or album sales or concert sales. It doesn't always happen like that. And however, I do understand producers thinking that perhaps a certain person with a lot of followers might obviously bring an audience in. I think, but surely it's about the show. Well, that's my not, view. Not about the you know the Twitter followers. I think so. But, I mean, I do understand that on paper it looks like it should sell. If somebody's got 100,000 uh, followers, why wouldn't all of those 100,000 followers come and buy a ticket? I don't think it always works like that. No. I think it's a good way of getting information out and it's a good way of, of reaching people. But if that turns into ticket sales... I'm not sure. You want to say to the producer when you walk in, how many have you got? How many followers have you got? Well, also they can check themselves, you know, before you walk in the room. They don't need to ask the person. But to me, it links, it is actually sometimes relevant to the show in this much. If you think about a show like Everyone's Talking About Jamie, which of course is a really young audience, you think about the fan base of that show that actually stood at stage door week in, week out. And actually, social media does play a huge part to have a market. I still like to think I would employ the person to play Jamie because they were good at the role and not because they had 10,000 Twitter followers. But then if you've got someone that, you've got two people that are in the audition that are both good at the role, one's got a higher social media following, are you likely to choose that one? I'm not necessarily convinced that it's about, okay, we're going to choose just the person who's got the highest Twitter following. There has to be an element of talent there. But the problem is, is that person who doesn't have the Twitter following going to lose out? That's the issue. Certainly 87% of the 402 respondents to the stage 
said they didn't like the practice. So yeah. it's quite, it's quite, this is one that's going to run, I think, this yeah. debate. Yeah. Now, we would love to hear from you if you have had a, a disaster on stage or something's gone really well. I just want to hear your theatre stories because uh, we would uh, love to catch up on the, the thing. We've already heard of some that have gone wrong, but, but what about the things that went right or the show you went to see that was absolutely superb and you loved or the performer that you're a big follower of? Because we've just uh, been hearing about uh, Ben Forster being bought presents by his followers. That's something you've <laughs> ever done. Get in touch with us right now. It's hello at actingupod.com and we'd love to get you on and talk to you about your favourite theatre experience or indeed the one, the one that went wrong and you can tell us all about that. It's hello at actingupod.com <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand. It's Mr. Saturday Night himself. <laughs> it's Sam O'Leary. Jeffers, what should we be keeping an eye on? We've got Cold Feet returning. The trailer looks very interesting. It's James Nesbitt and co. It's really worked this comeback for ITV. You want it to be heartwarming. It's a nice... Saturday night show. Ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Series linked with me, Emma Bullymore, and Mark Jeffries. Acting up with Jamie Crick, Kerry Ellis, and Johnny Bunyan. Each week, Johnny Bunyan goes out and talks to people backstage, people that helped make theatre happen. And not so much backstage this week, but uh, an important role. Indeed. PR is where we're looking at this week. And PR is something that not necessarily everybody listening will be familiar with. I caught up with the fabulous Flavia Fraser-Cannon from Mobius PR and Marketing to find out exactly what her role entailed. My role is, as an account manager, I work specifically on particular accounts and particular campaigns. So my role entails, uh, I suppose, going through the, the beginning to end. I suppose someone might get in touch and say, hi, I'm interested in, in doing a show and getting some PR. Can you talk to us about what that would entail? And I talk to them through what the selling points of their show might be, what their priorities are, what, the, what they want to sell, and then put together a proposal organise all the nitty-gritty of contracts and money and things and then I start writing a press release and alongside sort of my campaign work obviously I'm maintaining those relationships with journalists and uh, and critics and and all the editors and things like that so I also have a an ongoing thing where I have a good relationship with them I know what they're looking for mm. what they're planning on writing also they might go to get in touch and say hi I'm writing a feature about xyz do you have anyone who fits? Mm. Which then is a great opportunity for you to suggest some people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's amazing because what I find fascinating about, obviously my background coming from marketing, is the two kind of do often work hand in hand. But for listeners out there who, obviously they buy a ticket, they go and see a show. What is it about PR specifically that you kind of are responsible for when it comes to a show once it's up and running? I mean, quite often the contracts I work on are touring, so I've got constant contact with different regional press, so there's a constant need to be speaking to different groups of people. Uh, for a longer-running show that's in one place, uh, you have to maintain an awareness. That quite often slips into more of a marketing role than a PR one, but it is still looking at the opportunities to do the interviews, seeing if that show lends itself to those larger pieces, and then also maintaining communication with your clients, so making sure that every time something does come out about them, that they know about it so they can share it on their social media it's one thing to get something in the in the newspaper but you can maximize the impact of that by sharing it to your listeners and readers or or followers i suppose mm, um, absolutely 
Do you think reviews are less important now than they probably once were? Oh, that's a difficult one. Speaking personally, I quite often decide what I'm going to see if it's, if, you know, if there's a show that I've been curious about but haven't got around to booking a ticket if it then has a flood of very very good reviews particularly from very trusted organizations like the national newspapers or from critics that i trust the taste of then i might then decide to go and book for it that does have the flip side problem where you go in with higher expectations and sometimes you go oh i didn't love it as much as xyz so i think it still very much has a place but i suppose in terms (laughs) of these days i mean is it still possible? Because I guess in the old days, I'd say like 15, 20 years ago, a review, a newspaper review could kill a show. Do you think now, with the swathe of the fact that the audience has such a, uh, a visible voice on social media, that actually a, a negative review of a show that's uh, opening, do you think there's less of a chance that that would affect its kind of long run? I think a really negative review can also sell tickets, though. Mm, <laughs> I've had a client who, uh, yeah, they, they achieved a zero-star review, um, <laughs> which they were enormously proud You're of. not going to name names, I'm guessing. Oh, no, they'd be perfectly happy. It's <laughs> Faye Shakespeare. <laughs> Faye Shakespeare, when I was looking after them two years ago, they got basically every star across the board, I think, except for two or except for three or something. And, yeah, they got a zero-star review and they shouted about it from the treetops because they were like, yeah, the younger critics love us. The fuddy-duddy people who are older and more establishment, they don't love us. But that's our brand. That's what we are. Mm. We're a bit anarchic. We're a bit out there. Um, The only thing they were gutted by, they would have probably preferred a one rather than a zero because you can't put zero stars on a a poster. (laughs) That's very true. You can't. You can't represent the absence of stars. Yeah, no, true. (laughs) And finally, tell me what you love the most about your job at Mobius. What is it about going in every day? You've been working theatre. We've known each other for a long time, working theatre for a long time. What is it about the job that still kind of keeps you grinning away? Okay, well, this is going to sound really cheesy, but we are a really, really happy team who get on incredibly well. We see each other socially on purpose because we just really like each other and get on, and we have a lot, a lot of fun and a lot of laughter in the office. Um, Aside from that, I like the fact that I work for an agency that works across a lot of different genre and across a lot of venues and a lot, a lot of shows means that I don't ever get bored. I'm not speaking to the same local press every day. I'm not speaking to the same even national or, or any kind of press every day because every show has its different hooks and different angles which keeps my brain ticking over and going, right, who wants to write about this? And looking outside going, right, I've spoken to the theatre press about this, but what else is in this show? Oh, it's got science aspects. Who can I speak to who has a particular interest in this? And so you're always learning you're always thinking of new things it's creative I find the role of PR actually quite creative and uh, and that's what keeps me walking in every morning with a smile on my face well we've been talking about what's on stage awards and uh, the team down at Joe Allen's love to go along <laughs> to that although not everyone's going this year as you'll find out because I caught up with Josephine and Kathy to find out how their theatre week has been Spring is coming. You are presumably looking at, you know, what happens in the next phase of things after we get out of winter and so on. Is there a change that happens at this time? In restaurant world, uh, people get very jolly and they move on to rosé once the sun comes out. You order in the rosé? You get the rosé. It's a little bit premature yet, though, because all of us are far too long in the two to fall for this nonsense. We all know that it happens sometimes and then we'll get snow in a couple of weeks, so... 
for the as time being. As long as we don't get snow on Sunday, yes. that's all I Ooh, care about. Yes, we've got about. an exciting day Sunday. Somebody, somebody very close to me is uh, doing the premiere of her rather amazing documentary film. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about this. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Well, I've been working for many years alongside my theatre work um, with, with very difficult teenagers, particularly boys. I must have been one in a previous life, is all I can say, because I just get them. And I've made a film, or we've made a film, about the power of the arts to change the lives of young people. And in fact, one of the performers in Lion King on Sunday at the brunch was a boy I met when he was 15. So it is extraordinary. And where the premiere is in Kent, and it's very exciting. Yes, yeah, and uh, same day, of course, as What's On Stage Awards. So you're going to miss it. I've got to miss it. I'm gutted, because the What's On Stage Awards are beautifully done oh, really yes. beautifully Huge done such an event and, and we and love them and yes. their family aren't they they are they are yes yeah. so i will represent my darling it's quite a, an interesting mix of nominees actually isn't it, it is. obviously because companies in there and so much more but some names of shows which have previously got awards and are still huge like hamilton yeah, there are. There's, there's all kinds of things. I mean, Hamilton. how many more years can Hamilton go on winning awards is all I want to know. I mean, I love it. seen it four times. But you, you but, went um, to see The Inheritance, didn't you? Oh, Isn't that gosh, the one that went over, like, 12 hours? Quite long, <laughs> yes. Yes, two lots of three and a half okay. hours. Wow. That's okay. 12 now in that my book. That is fairly long. That's, that's, you that's do a commitment. You need a drink there, then, wouldn't and you? And I was, I was terrified because I, I fall asleep sometimes when it's really warm, <laughs> especially if I've had a glass of wine, and it's a play and they're doing a lot of chat. But... It, it was mesmerisingly brilliant. Absolutely. I wept. Speaking of which, uh, you went to see Follies. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This new incarnation of Follies at the National. Have they changed it's, it much? Uh, no, there's a few new cast members, one of whom, big plug oh, here, for my very best friend. friend of many, many, many years, the, the luscious Claire Moore, who I'm sure you know was the original Christine in Phantom, uh, alongside Sarah Brightman, the original... Ellen in Miss Saigon, and she plays Hattie, and she sings um, Broadway. Unrecognisable. Yeah, unrecognisable. She sings Broadway Baby, and Mark Shenton tweeted that her performance was miraculous. And it is, honestly, it almost makes me cry just to think of it. I said to her, you make a whole musical in one song. It's incredible. Her acting ability, her vocal ability is second to none. I've said my piece and she paid me tenner to say (laughs) that. So if you could get a ticket, you should go and see it. Oh, absolutely, you should. Although I should warn you, because I had to warn Cathy how long it is and no interval. No interval. Two and a half hours. I don't know how you do that with your bladder. I really don't. People do manage. Oh, no, you did, darling. These are the These aren't they? You have to be really into training, don't you, before you go to the show. You need to check it out. Bladder training. Exactly. Oh, Hundred minutes to come from away, but I didn't know no interval, no interval. But I didn't notice. Follies was so captivating. I don't think you just didn't realise the time. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was so beautiful. And they wanted to, to do it like that, I believe, unless they've changed it since I saw I saw first preview, because that's how Sundheim originally. Oh Brexit. seriously? Yeah. Oh wow. Hey, well, there we are. Useless fact. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Just, I've always wondered, Jamie, because obviously you get to go down to Joe Allen's each week. Do they do they give you a little bit of nosh, a bit no, of food? But we, we always like a bit of coffee. It's, right. it's like, but what what smells are wafting through? You there? Well, you could you could hear lots of people preparing. Actually, mm. that's the whole thing. So inside the kitchen, which is behind the door, uh, they're doing all that sort of prep stuff. 
and then they're just laying out the tables and oh. so on. Because you'd think, wouldn't you, you'd do that as you go the night before, but no, no, right. everything's oh. fresh, fresh linen. and Fresh as a daisy. I love a fresh napkin. Fresh, yeah, <laughs> nice linen one. Oh, I could do a bit of Joanne's lunch right now. Can you, do nap- can you do a napkin um, like shape? Yeah. <laughs> no. You, no. I, thought you, I thought you'd be great at that. I'm hopeless at things sorry, like sorry. that. Sorry, we're can you... One. Oh, I can't know, but I'm not. I'm not the actor. Right. I'm not the performer in the room, really. No, well, I, just, I'm just half. I just wanted to do something you do at home with the other half. You <laughs> no, know? Well, I'll, I'll let you know next week. Hello, darling. <laughs> Get me an napkin. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, time to hear uh, from the people on what they think of a particular show. Our people's vote this week stars Georgia Gibson, who is our producer of the show. Yay. Yay. Oh, love Georgia. Amazing. When you're listening to the show, what you don't see is that Georgia is sat uh, here in the room. Uh, usually rolling her eyes because she's thinking <laughs> they're going Saying, on Stop again. Talking. Would they much longer? Would they shut up? <laughs> honestly, I've got to edit this whole thing. But you've been to the theatre. What did you go and see? I did. So last night I went and saw the comedy about a bank robbery. But Ooh. this was over in Cambridge, which mm. is my hometown. Uh. So it's currently on tour. At the Cambridge Arts Theatre, I saw it, and it was fantastic. It's the second it? time I've seen it. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I saw it on the West End, but then obviously saw it last night. So, yeah, I went around and got people's opinions after the show. Absolutely terrific, because slapstick sometimes goes out of the window, but everybody enjoyed it. I didn't, if I, I couldn't, sitting in the front row, I couldn't look behind, but I guarantee everyone got a smile on their face. Was the minute's pause in the whole thing. Absolutely great. Absolutely excellent, really funny, a nice evening. Amazing. We watched lots of shows here and this is one of the funniest I've ever seen. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Oh, it's yeah. so complex, the choreography, the yeah. singing spot on. Uh, we've seen the play that goes wrong. I think this is on a different level, really, with the complexity. Just the complexity of the uh, set changes, the slapstick as well. Was fa- stunts, fan- yeah. stunts as ever from that group are just amazing, Fantastic. really. So yeah, as, a, as a live live experience, I thought it was, it was really spot on. It was good. It was really good. My parents saw the one in London and they said it was really good. So yeah, we, we came along and yeah, really enjoyed it. I thought the, um, how I did the ceiling when they were positioned as if they were in the air vent it was absolutely fantastic and yeah how I did that we pulled it off was just phenomenal really good on the eye so yeah really enjoyed the show it was very funny and I thought it, it, it I didn't have expectations so I was pleasantly surprised so that was two glasses of wine <laughs> that got you because yes. you know walking up to people and saying you know what did you think I mean Johnny's very used to that mm, he is um, <laughs> he talks, yeah. talks to people in the street all the time <laughs> so, yeah. talk to myself really uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah two glasses of wine definitely helped yeah. I was talking to everyone yeah. right. literally as soon as the show finished um, straight away I was talking to people it was Lovely. brilliant yeah. 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 it was really really slightly good slightly confused woman at the bus stop later <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, where's my taxi what day is it <laughs> it's really lovely actually we're loving hearing what you think of the show uh, if you want to get in touch all you need to do is email us hello at actingoutpod.com or make sure you follow us on our social channels just search for Acting Up Pod and you can subscribe to the podcast just uh, simply Give us or oh, give us five stars in a review. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, it, I've actually done it myself. I've I've subscribed and I listen um, on these long car journeys, mm. and I'm I'm loving the show myself. So if you're loving it, you know, if you want to give us a review, there are five stars on there. So uh, we're not telling you how to vote, but uh, five would be good. <laughs> so that's it from us this week. Kerry, busy week coming up. Lots more of the tour. Yes, back on tour with Collaborate, and hopefully I'm going to shift this hay fever. I don't know mm. if any of you guys are struggling. Yeah. It's a out sexy there. husky voice at the moment. Oh, it's the block nose, though. It's not very nice. Oh, God! <laughs> that freaked me out. It was, I thought, oh, there was some, I thought Jamie I, pressed the button I, there. Thank you.
thank you very much for joining us. We're going to go. Hopefully, the Watson Stage Awards this week. And see you next week with more on the Watson Stage Awards. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com.